Well, a few years ago, we started a uh, family tradition that isn't well-liked in our house, but it is fun. Um, but uh, we, Lisa and I go out and we buy seven Christmas presents, one for everyone in our family. And on Christmas Eve, they're all wrapped. And uh, we basically kind of play the old party game that you do at the office. You, you pick a present, you open it, and other people can steal it and all that stuff. So, so Lisa and I, we have to think up seven different presents that people want. And uh, so anyway, we did that on Christmas Eve. And through all the uh, presents exchanging and stealing and all of that, I got stuck with the gym membership. Yeah. So I I was hoping someone else would get the gym membership. I I honestly, I I haven't had a gym membership ever in my whole life. And so I I got it and I thought, what am I going to do? Do I actually have to go to the gym? I I haven't lifted weights, like really lifted weights since I was in college because I didn't necessarily like it. And so when I was done, I was like, whew, don't have to do that ever again. But now, after Christmas Eve, I thought, you know what? I I do. I want, as I get older, I should should probably maintain or gain some strength. And, And I started thinking, you know what? I could probably look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, younger Arnold Schwarzenegger, if I really pushed myself. And so Monday morning, um, with some of Lisa's encouragement also, she said, just just show up. Just at least go and look around. And I'm going to tell you, it is nerve-wracking to walk into a gym. I don't know if you've done it, but you get there and it's like, all these people are here. They know what they're doing. The people behind the counter, they don't give you any help whatsoever. Like, what do these machines even do? And I'm kind of walking around, and I, I, but, but I did. I made the choice to go, and I showed up, and I went in, and I, I did a little bit of working out, and then I went every day this week. And I want you to know that choice to go to the gym every day this week has made me really, really sore. <laughs> And that's what I got out of it, right? I'm really, I don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, and so at the end of week one, all these good choices I made added up to, I can't even sit down. It really hurts to sit down. But I also am smart enough to know that the longer I do it, that there will be some benefits from it. And so I made the choice that I'm going to keep going so I can get those benefits going into 2023. And it's interesting. We make choices all day long. We make big choices. We make little choices. But, but really, every choice, every decision we make has the ability to either move us towards the best version of ourselves, you know, the, the one that God created us to be, or away from it. Now, Paul says it like this in Ephesians. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity, taking advantage of every choice, every decision that we're going to make throughout the day, throughout the week. And honestly, the power of one decision is is pretty remarkable. I, I look back, it was 17 years ago, I was thinking about this week, that I had, I had gained way too much weight, and I decided I was going to start running. And I made that choice, and from the day I started running to a year later, I lost 50 pounds. You say, well, that's awesome, but it took me a year to do that. But, but that was the power of one decision. And, and when you think about it, as we look into 2023... Uh, you can make the decision maybe for you. It's like, man, I want to go back to school. Or maybe, maybe I want to go after my dream job. Or maybe I want to start going to the gym with Pastor Chris and laughing at him. Or maybe I want to pursue a relationship with God. 
But making that decision is the first step. Now, there's lots of choices that come after that. Uh, But these choices, these decisions that we make, they can affect our minds, they can affect our bodies, and most importantly, they can affect our soul, our spiritual life. Uh, There's a study that suggests that as average humans, we have 2,000 choices an hour. We make 2,000 choices an hour. That adds up to about 35,000 choices a day. Now, that sounds overwhelming. Most of those choices are pretty simple. They just kind of come and go. We make them without much thought. Uh, But you just think about it. When you, the alarm goes off in the morning, you make your first choice, don't you? Turn it off, snooze, or they actually get up. And then from there, you, well, brush my teeth, get my cup of coffee. You're making all these choices, one after the other. And throughout the day, those choices add up, don't they? They can redirect your day. And, and, and so many of the choices we make are no big deal, or they don't seem like a big deal. Yet, often those choices change the direction of our day. Sometimes those choices can change the trajectory of our lives, John C. Maxwell, an author and a pastor, says, Life is a matter of choices, and every choice makes you. And in other words, ultimately, we'll be defined by our choices, the little ones and the big ones. We will be defined by all those choices we make. Now, the Bible gives us lots of instruction on making decisions, on, on choosing wisely. And, and Paul, in Romans chapter 7, he gives us kind of, a, kind of an interesting take on our decisions and, and how those that not just affect us, but how difficult they are. And, and so Paul talks about the law of God and doing what is right and wrong. And this is what Paul says. He says, so the trouble is not with the law, for it's spiritual and good. The trouble's with me, for I'm all too human, a slave to sin. I I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Now, most of us could go, "Ah, that's me, that's me. I want to do what's right, but then I don't do it. And and really, these choices, not every choice we make is right or wrong, uh, but many of the choices we make are, is this best for me? Is this the the best thing to do? And, And How often do we feel that way throughout the week? That, man, I know I should have gone to the gym today. I I know I should have opened up God's Word. I know I should have taken time to be with my spouse or my children. And and we want to do the right things, but we don't. And and, and Paul goes into this, this whole thing about why we don't do the right things, what's going on in us as humans. And it's a little bit confusing, but here's what he says in verses 16 through 20. He says, but... If I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing it. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, am I really the one doing wrong? It is the sin living in me that does it. Now, Paul almost sounds like a crazy person going through that. But, but if we really stop and think about how often do we go through this, it's, it's the devil and the angel sitting on our shoulders, right, back in the cartoons. It's, it's, man, I know I should be doing this, but then I do this. And, and I want to do this, but I end up doing this. And basically what Paul is saying is, is man, we are in a battle. 
That there is a battle going on in us with this sinful nature that he talks about. Now, now Paul, up until he has this radical conversion with Jesus and, and finds himself in a life-changing relationship with God, he, he's a Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee, back in Jesus' day, they were very, very conservative, and they were very strict. And so the, the Pharisees had 613 laws. So they, they took the law of Moses, and they added a bunch of their laws, and every time something happened, they'd have to add a new law to make sure everyone stayed in these boundaries. And, and the Pharisees were very proud of the fact that they followed the law. And the problem with following the law like that, you can just, just imagine 613 laws and waking up in the morning going, okay, I got this. Number one, number two, all the way to 613. I mean, 613 laws, I mean, that's exhausting. But the problem is, as you become addicted to this law and following this law, it does a couple things. It makes you rigid in that it also makes you look at other people that aren't following that law and judge them because they're not following that law. And in the end, basically, the law became their God. To, to the Pharisees, following the law was their God. And then Paul has this incredible experience with Jesus where all of a sudden it goes from, hey, here's the law, and the law is good, but really what I want from you is to love me first. Because if you don't love me, you can follow all the rules and it doesn't matter. You've got to love me first. And so it, it begins to shape and change who Paul is. Because really anyone can keep the law. Anybody can go through the day and take the checklist and follow the law without actually even being in love with the God that gave us the law. If you drive down the interstate, if you're on Interstate 5 and you're going 65 miles per hour and you're following the speed limit, I'm just going to say you're not doing it because you love the legislature that made the law. You're not doing it because you love the law enforcement officers that, that will give you a ticket if you go over it. You follow the law. Why? Because it's the law. Now, that's a terrible illustration because none of us actually go 65, but the, the, we follow the law, right? We follow the law, not because we love the law, but because we don't want to get arrested. We, we just do it because it's the law. And, and that's where this changes. Paul goes from, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do the right things, to I'm going to do the right things. Why? Because, well, it helps my relationship with the God that gave me these laws, so when I was in college, um, I had my very first year of college, I was at a little tiny community college called Coffeeville Community College. But that little tiny college had one of the best football programs in the nation. In fact, we were ranked number one in the nation. Had nothing to do with me. I was at the time, I was a third string quarterback. And I dressed for the games solely just in case everyone else got hurt. And even then, they probably found someone else to put in. But here I dressed for the games. And we're in the playoffs. And if we win that game, we go to the national championship game. So it's a huge game. And the coaches, Coach Fritz was the coach, and Coach Fritz said, hey, tonight there's a curfew. It's the night before the game, 10 o'clock. You are in your dorm rooms, lights out, no questions asked. The problem was most of my friends that were on the football team weren't dressing for the game. They didn't have a curfew, and they were all out at a party. 
And here I am, 18 years old, going, I want to go to the party. I don't make any difference in the game. So I waited until Coach Fritz came by, and he checked in on everybody, made sure lights were out, and I pretended to be asleep in my bed. And then Coach Fritz left, and I watched out my window, saw him going to the parking lot. I snuck out my door, and I started going to the parking lot where my car was. I didn't know that Coach Fritz was still there. And he came up behind me, and I'm pretty sure I, I messed my pants because he goes, Walton, I mean, he screamed, he had an ability to scream. I jumped so high, I was back in bed in like five seconds, sound asleep. But he, I was so scared of him, but, but I got caught. And the next day, we go and we play this game and we lose. And I'm just going to tell you, I had nothing to do with the loss. I never played one down. I didn't call a single play. I did nothing. When the game is over, we're running off the field, and Coach Fritz runs up behind me and says, Walton, see what happens when you're screwing around? Like, I, I didn't even play, Coach. But here's the, I, I didn't make any difference in the game. I hadn't, I, the decision I made to try to sneak out didn't affect the game, but it did affect my relationship with Coach Fritz. It did make a rift there. And so when you look at that and you go, was it the best decision to try to go to the party? No, it wasn't. Because it affected my relationship with my coach. And you see, sin, when I was in college, a theology major, we learned that sin is a willful disobedience of a known law of God. That sounds a little bit boring, but that is the definition of sin. It's a willful disobedience of a known law of God. So if you know this is a law and you don't do it or you break it, that's a sin. Uh, but I read this recently, and I feel like this is so much more of what our relationship with Jesus is like. Is that sin is anything that hinders your relationship with God. And, and so if you want to have this relationship with God, if you want the Spirit of God living in you, man, that changes how you make decisions. Uh, is this going to affect my relationship with the God that created me? Uh, that changes how you make these choices. Now, Paul's conclusion in all of this is saying, hey, it, I want to follow Christ. Remember, he goes through the whole thing. I, I can't do it. I, I want to do it, but I can't do it. I, and all these different things. Basically, his conclusion is he couldn't do it on his own. He could not do it on his own. He needed the help of God. And we're promised the Holy Spirit. So he, he said, I need the Spirit of God living in me because the sin in me is too powerful. So I need the Spirit of God. And basically, if the Spirit of God is in us, we have life. We have a relationship with God. Without the Spirit, we don't have that relationship. And we have a hard time following the rules and doing the things we know that we're supposed to do. And, and so Paul, and again in Ephesians chapter 5, he summarizes making choices like this. Be very careful. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. See, every decision we make has the ability to lead us towards a better life or away from it. Andy Stanley, who's a pastor, wrote a book called The Best Question Ever, and I'm just going to give it away. The best question ever was simply, is this the wisest thing to do? And so as you make choices throughout the day, it's not necessarily, is this right or is this wrong? It's, is this wise? 
Is this going to be the best decision to, to keep me in relationship with God? Is this going to be the best decision to help me live the way I know I'm supposed to live? And so again, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Every choice we make is an opportunity. Because the days are evil, he said, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. How do we know what the Lord's will is? We have to be in relationship with him. You see, saying no to the things that hinder our relationship with God and saying yes to the things that enhance our relationship with God. I heard a story just recently about a guy. He was 14, 15 years old at the time all this is happening. And his dad was an alcoholic from the time he, earliest time he could remember, his dad came home several nights a week drunk, and it was always a disaster. He was mean to his mom. He was mean to, to this young man and, and, and his brothers and sisters. And, and he knew when his dad came home drunk, and he would go into action, and he would try to hide the, the kids, and he would, he would do this. And for years, this is how they lived. And one day, the wife went to his dad and said, hey, you have to choose. Either you choose drinking or you choose your family. But you can't have both. If you keep drinking, we're leaving. And, and so this man takes his son, the, the one telling the story, takes him to school that morning. And he said, I, I remember my dad taking me because he never took me to school. And as he is dropping me off at school, he says, son, I'm going to be gone for a while. And the son says, well, where are you going, dad? And he goes, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to get help so I can stop drinking. And the son responds, but dad, you tried that before. It doesn't work. And the dad responded with this one phrase that he would change the course of his life. He said, I'm going to do it one more time. I'm going to try one more time. And the dad makes this choice, and he goes to rehab, and he comes home. And when he comes home, his son asks him, Dad, are you going to make it this time? And the dad says, I'm going to do it for one more day. And he said that for the next 30 years of his life. I'm going to do it for one more day. One choice every day. I'm going to do it one more time. And that, that choice, that decision changed the course of his life, saved his family. It made it a, a safe, happy family, changed the course of his kids' lives, all because he said one more time. I'm going to, take, I'm going to make this choice one more time, one day at a time. And, and throughout our lives, we're going to have really big decisions we're going to have decisions like, man, do I move? Do I, do I change jobs? Do, whatever it is, there, there's these huge decisions that immediately affect our lives that, that we need to pray about, we need to be careful about, we, we need to, to literally ask, is this the wisest thing to do? How's it going to affect my family? All those things. But I would say the more impactful decisions are everyday decisions that we make everyday choices. They may not immediately change our lives. I started going to the gym this week and I still don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger five days later. But it's still making a difference. Every day, showing up. Sometimes these choices have consequences that are quick and sometimes they take a long time. Uh, but they do. Everyday choices impact the quality of our lives. It's how do we respond to the person that makes us mad? How do we choose to treat our spouse, our children, our friends? How do we spend money? 
Where do we spend money? Do we get up early? Do we hit the snooze? Do we get up and exercise? Do do we choose each morning to start the day in God's word, in prayer? Do, Do we make that choice? This year, I've decided to do something different with my goals. And if you've been here long enough, you know I love goals. I've made goals every year since 1993. I've made goals. But by my own admission, the last couple years, I've made goals, but it's just kind of like, oh, those are just kind of my goals every year, and I haven't given it much effort. And, and, and so as I'm thinking about all these choices, daily decisions, I decided this year I'm going to make my goals based on my daily choices, not just big list of check things off. I, I get to that eventually. But, but what I did is I broke it down into body, mind, soul. And, and I said, hey, these are the daily choices that I'm going to make about my body. They're going to make my body healthy. So then here's the choices with my mind. Here's the daily choice I'm going to make with my mind. So my mind's healthy. So then it can make my soul healthy. They're all connected. It's the way God created us. So then I have this list of all the things I do each day daily choices that I'm going to make to make my soul, my spiritual life, healthy. And then from there, I went into things I want to achieve this year, things I want to improve on, things I want to experience this year, all good things, but they're going to come from all these daily choices about physical health, mental health, and spiritual health. Every day, we have the choice, we have the decisions that can literally lead us towards a better life or away from it. Because ultimately, we will be defined by those choices. Paul says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Every decision we make is an opportunity. When I was, I was 19 years old. It's the summer of 1990. And I was at that junior college, that community college, and I had seen an old high school friend when I was home for the weekend, and he said, hey, you should come to church with me. And it's like, I, I didn't have any reason really to go to church, but I said, sure. And it was a choice I didn't even think much about, to be honest with you. He invited me. It was kind of nice of him to invite me, so I, I went. I made the choice. I got up early, and I went to church that morning, and, and it was okay. You know, it was church service, nothing. I didn't go to church to be radically changed or to discover anything new. But when church was over, a bunch of guys came by and said, hey, we play basketball after church. You want to join us? I said, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And when we were done playing basketball, one of them said, hey, you should come back next week. And my response was, are you going to play basketball next week? <laughs> and they said, yeah, we are. I said, okay, I'll be back next week. And, and so each week I kept making a choice to go back to church. And, and honestly, at first my choice was, had nothing to do with church. It had to do with playing basketball with these guys. But then I started to enjoy going to church, and I started to enjoy these guys. And, and all of a sudden I started to listen and I started to think, I, I want that. I want what they have. And it was about halfway through the summer of 1990. And I still remember it because when I made the decision, I didn't know it was going to change my whole life. But I remember sitting there thinking, I, I want what they're talking about. I want to follow Jesus. And I never got up, I never moved. I sat right in my chair right there and I prayed. I prayed, God, I want 
I remember just saying it over and over. I want to be good. I want to be good. I didn't know what all that meant. But in that moment, I made the decision to follow Jesus. And it literally changed my whole life. It ended up changing my major, being a teacher and a coach to being a pastor. It changed who I was going to marry. It changed everything about my life because of one choice. One decision on one Sunday morning, and then every choice thereafter. See, every decision we make can move us toward the life that God has for us or away from it. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you just for the free freedom we have to choose this or that. And my prayer is this morning is that we would choose you. That every decision we make would be you. To draw closer to you. Lord, I pray for this church. I pray, I pray for each of us individually as we move into this new year. This, this kind of fresh start. My hope and my prayer is that we would start by choosing you. You would be our choice. Enhance our relationship with you. Enhance our love for you. And we just pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for being here. And you are dismissed. <laughs>